Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. Brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. To the Word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach and I pray that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the eyes of our understanding is enlightened. And we know the mystery that is in Christ Jesus, in Jesus' mighty name. Okay, so I want to go over this quickly. On the, we, we already started, so if you were not here last week, please get the messages and listen to them over and over again. We talked about something very important, and I want to give you a scripture for that, that the resurrection is what differentiates Christianity from other religion, And that's very important. We must not downplay the resurrection of Jesus. A theologian by the name of N.T. Wright said, that the resurrection of Jesus was contested, was contested in his days, and it's still being contested today. How many of you remember, if you study scriptures carefully, that the Pharisees actually paid people to say that the resurrection of Jesus was a lie? They actually paid and say, don't, don't tell people that he had risen. Now, the question you would ask is that if the resurrection was not that important, why would they pay for people not to say he has risen? It's because the, the, one of the cardinals of the Christian faith is that the fact that Jesus Christ raised, was raised from the dead. In 1 um, Corinthians chapter 15, when people are talking about arguing about resurrection and all this, Paul said something before I get into the basic, uh, basic importance of the ascension of Christ. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 14. Paul says, if Christ and if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty. Look at it. It says, if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty. And your faith also is empty. Can you see that there? It says, if, there is no, if, if Jesus Christ was not resurrected, then our preaching is actually empty. And then your faith is actually also empty. Because the gospel, which is the good news actually, is that Christ uh, rose from the dead for our sins, uh, went on the cross for our sins, rose from the dead and established the New Testament. So it says, if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty. You see, that's why it's very important for us to understand not everything that is said from the pulpit is the gospel. That's very important. Not everything that is said from the pulpit is the gospel. Empty words can be spoken from the pulpit. What makes it the gospel? What makes it the gospel is the fact that it contains the death, burial, and resurrection of what? Of Jesus Christ. And that is very important. Now, we, we, we've already outlined some of the benefits of, of why Jesus had to go, be ascended. Let's continue. We stopped at three, I think so, when I talked about the outpouring of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. Uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4, Jesus Christ promised the Holy Spirit only after his ascension. Meaning that if Jesus did not ascend, the Holy Spirit will not come. So in Acts chapter 2, and verse 1 to 4, can we just read that quickly and build up from there? Go with me to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1 to 4. Why is it called Acts? It's called the Acts of the Apostles. Praise God. It's called the Acts of what? Of the Apostles. Yeah. Why? Because the Apostles were acting. Acting word. Acting the things that were empowered by the Holy Ghost. If you read the Gospels, and uh, most of the Gospels, uh, the last words that always end the Gospel is Amen. But in the book of Acts, you don't find that because we are also supposed to continue uh, 
the things that the apostles were doing. Praise God. Acts chapter 2 verse 1 to 4. Thank you, Lord Jesus. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, the day of Pentecost, uh, it's actually 50 days after, but let's leave that. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. That word fully come signified because there were actually uh, several feasts that were celebrated by the Jews. So this was one of them. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as what? As the Spirit gave them utterance. Now I'm going to uh, we, uh, we, we're going to spend time to talk, to talk about the speaking of tongues, why it is important, um, how we speak in tongues. But you understand that it says that they began to speak with other tongues as the, the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, it's important to understand, well, let's not go there because take me out from there. But the Holy Ghost came on the day of Pentecost. And this was what Jesus promised, that when I go, I'm going to give you another comfort at the same I'm going to come in the form of the Holy Spirit and I'm going to be with you, which is the spirit of truth that we talked about. So Jesus' ascension made it possible for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost to come on the day of Pentecost. And through this ascension, the church was inaugurated. The righteous kingdom of God was inaugurated. Now, number four, let's go to Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14. Hebrews 4:14, 4, seeing that we that we have a, a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our what? Our confession. Praise God. Here, let's just read on. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Chapter 5, verse 1. For every high priest taken from among men is appointed for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can have compassion on those who are ignorant and going astray, since he himself is also subject to weakness. Because of this, he is required as for the people, so also for himself to offer sacrifices for sins. And no man takes this honor to himself, but he who is called by God, just as Aaron was. Now, you must understand something very important as you study the scriptures, that the Old Testament was a figure of the New Testament. It was a shadow, Paul calls it. Now, what does a shadow indicate? If I see the shadow of a man, I know that the man is close by. If I see the shadow of a dog, I know that um, a dog is close by. Am I right? Come and talk to me. Am I right? Okay, so... When we see Aaron as a high priest in the Old Testament, what does that tell us? It tells us that there is actually a, uh, let's use the word now, an original high priest <laughs> that's supposed to come. And who was that now? Not that Aaron was a fake high priest, but Aaron was the high priest that typified that another high priest was coming. So, uh, so, so Aaron was a symbol of the high priest that was coming. What was the role of the high priest? Was to offer sacrifices for the children of Israel. Now, it's very important that Paul 
theologians agree to a, to a large extent that Paul is the writer of Hebrews, says that this high priest ought to offer the same sacrifice for himself because he himself was not pure. They had to take him from among men to lead. But unlike Jesus Christ who came as, a, as, as, as the one without sin to offer the sacrifice once and for all. So let's look at verse 5. So also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest, but it was he who said to him, You are my son. Today I have done what? I have begotten you. Praise God. Go to Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 20. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 20. Let's go to verse... Thank you, Father. Verse 19. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul. What's the, what's, what's the hope as an anchor of the soul? You know what an anchor is? An anchor is what you use to hold ships so they don't get tossed to and fro. Both sure and steadfast, which, and which enters the presence behind the veil, where the foreigner has entered for us. Who is the foreigner here? Jesus. Even Jesus... Having become a high priest forever, according to the order of what? Of Melchizedek. <laughs> Praise God. Now, the ascension of Jesus made him a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Now, in, in chapter 7, the Bible now tells us about who Melchizedek is. We're not studying Melchizedek now. But it tells us who Melchizedek is. But Christ was not made after the order of Melchizedek. Go to Hebrews chapter 8, verse 106. Now, if you, if you want to understand the Old Testament, for instance, it's very important for you to understand the book of Hebrews. Because what the book of Hebrews actually... Uh, uh, what the book of Hebrews... You know, most times when we talk about the book of Hebrews, what comes to our mind a lot is Hebrews chapter 11. Am I right? Am I right? What comes to our mind is what? Hebrews chapter 11. Why does Hebrews chapter 11 come to our mind? Do you know why? Faith. So why do you think Hebrews chapter 11 comes to our mind because of faith? Why do you think so? Just think a bit deeper. Why do you think so? Because in, in, the, whole book of Hebrews, in, in the whole book of Hebrews, chapter 11 is actually where we get a lot of scripture to get personal things for ourselves. That's just the simple, it's, it's, it's just actually a very selfish reason. That's why Hebrews chapter 11 is most prominent. So if you don't remember anything in Hebrews, you just remember in Hebrews chapter 11. Faith, faith. And actually, the, the faith in Hebrews chapter 11, if you study it within context, teaches us something entirely different. But this is not, this is not the time for that. I'll give you an example. For instance, in Hebrews chapter 11, Moses used this faith to reject being the king, the, the, the king of Egypt so he can suffer a little while with the children of Israel in the wilderness. You see what he uses faith for? He uses faith to reject something that looked good to the eyes so he can fulfill God's purpose. So for instance, it's like they call you now and they say, uh, the elections, the presidential elections in the country is inconclusive. We want you to become president. And then uh, there is a, a church at, uh, what's the fishing port at the other side now? Maybe there's a church down that Agaja Market down or Amaria side 
Or there's even a church in Bonnie here, just maybe like 30 people, 35 people. And at the same time, both letters arrive on your table. Election is inconclusive. You, you can come to uh, get to Paraco tomorrow, get to Asorok, you become the president of the country. And another letter comes, like a call from Macedonia, 35 people. Oh, we heard that you're a mighty man of God. We want you to become our pastor. Do you think you'll pray about it? Who is going to pray about it? I mean, be honest. Who is going to pray about it? I'm not sure I will even pray about it. You just say, God, I know when temptation comes. <laughs> even the church members, when they realize that you have gotten it later, they'll say, don't worry, Pastor, just go, just go first. We will sort ourselves out. We, see, see what uh, Moses used his faith to do there? He used his faith to reject the presidential order so he can serve God's people in the wilderness. But you know, that's not the faith we see in Hebrews chapter 11. What is the faith we see in Hebrews chapter 11? I need a car. I need a house. I need a wife. I need a baby. Okay. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1 to 6. So, how did I get here? If you really want to understand how the new covenant is better than the old covenant, you have to study the book of Hebrews. That's the, the theology behind the old and the new covenant was laid there in the book of Hebrews. If you read the book of Hebrews, you will understand exactly what Jesus came to do. I, I'll put it this way. For me, I think the book of Hebrews is actually a summary of the Bible. If you want to see the Bible summarized, just read the book of Hebrews. How the old covenant was annoyed and the new covenant came into be. How Jesus Christ is a better high priest than that of Aaron. It's a summation of it. Now, uh, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1. Now, this is the main point of the things we are saying. Okay, so I was trying to summarize it. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heavens. So Christ is seated. A minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which the Lord erected and not man. Why did he use the word true tabernacle which the Lord erected and not man? Because the previous high priest were serving in the tabernacles built by men. Right. So, uh, so, uh, so in the wilderness, Moses had to build a tabernacle. Then Solomon had to build a temple. You know, and that temple, when Jesus went went on the cross, the temple in Jerusalem, the veil was torn from. You know, that's to show that there was a conclusion to that era. So he now calls this the true tabernacle. For every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. Therefore, it is necessary that this one also have something to offer. For if he were on earth, look at this, if he were on earth, talking about Jesus, he would not be a priest, since they are priests who offer gifts according to the law, who serve the copy and shadow of the heavenly things. As Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle, for he said, see that you make all things according to the pattern shown you on the, on the mouth. But now he has, talking about Jesus, obtained a more excellent ministry. Inasmuch as he is also a mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. So the ascension of Jesus made him a mediator of a better covenant. For not the ordinary man as compared to the old covenant. In verse, verse 6. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry. Inasmuch as he is also a mediator of what? Of a better covenant, which was established on what? On better promises. Right. So you find out that the ascension of Jesus made him to be what? A mediator of a better covenant. 
which was established on what? On better what? Promises. Praise God. Are you following at all? Are we together? Okay. Now, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12. Hebrews 10, 12. This is very interesting. Hebrews 10, 12. Uh, let's read from verse 9. Then he said, Behold, I've come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first that he might establish the second. By that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Christ once and for all. Okay. The, and I explained this when we started, that one of the differences between the Old and the New Testament was that the priest had to go year, um, year in, year out. Why? Because it could not touch the conscience. It could not touch the, 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 the mind. It was just physical. But Jesus had to do that once and for all. And every high priest stands ministering daily, offerings, and offering repeatedly the same sacrifice which can never take away sins. Okay. Now, but this man, talking about Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. Let's look at the thing. From that time, wait until his enemies are made his footstool. 14. I like this one. For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. That by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are what? Being sanctified. Okay. Now, the ascension made him a ruler of the kingdom. The ascension made him a ruler of the kingdom to which he became an, an heir. Authorities and powers were now made to Christ. We can confirm that from Philippians. Go to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 6 to 11. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 6 to 11. This is very important. Who being, talking about Jesus from verse 5, it says, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant, and coming in the likeness of man. And being found in an appearance as man, he humbled himself. Can I tell you something? I just want to pause to say something here. You, you, uh, humility is not a gift. Okay? Tell your neighbor, humility is not a gift. Say it one more time. Say humility is not a gift. Say it loud and clear. Say humility is not a gift. It's a fruit of the spirit, but you need to make yourself walk in it. If you look at this scripture, for instance, it says, but Jesus made himself of no reputation. Right. Right. And then being found in an appearance as man, he humbled himself. You have to consciously humble yourself. It's consciously walk in it. And became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. So the ascension of Jesus made him a ruler. Because Jesus ascended, he was qualified for this name. Because his death, burial, and resurrection, God had to exalt his name. So with the ascension of Jesus, we can use the name of Jesus to cast out devils. Cast out demons, heal the sick. So when we heal the sick, we heal them in the name of Jesus. When we cast out devils, we cast them out in the name of Jesus. Okay. 
Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 8. We're looking at the benefits of the ascension of Jesus. Why did Jesus have to ascend up to heaven? Why didn't he just hang around and be conducting yearly meetings? Maybe come to Bonnie once in a year, get back to Jerusalem, relax. You know, if Jesus were to be physically in Jerusalem, <laughs> I'm sure by now everybody would have just moved there. I'm not even sure we'll, we'll, we'll be alive to, to see space in Jerusalem. People would have just, I mean, just gone there. It's like, <laughs> even your father would have just left your mother here. Straight. So let me just go to the country where Jesus is. When things are settled, I'll, I'll come and get you guys. Ten years. Guy never shows up. Because then he'll be on a very long queue to see Jesus. <laughs> It's, a, it's, it's for our own good that Jesus had to ascend. In that way, you don't need to say, here is the kingdom or there is the kingdom. You see, our greatest challenge with the Christian faith is that we haven't yet come to comprehend that the things of the Spirit are more real than physical things. So you see people still struggling for, for holy water from the holy land. You know, if I, if I, if I go, if I, if I go to Jerusalem, I... I I, I will go. I think I should go. <laughs> Some people think I've said this because I haven't gone. But, but you know, if I go, <laughs> I don't say some things. But, you know, if I go now and I put the picture on Facebook, you know, Jerusalem, Shalom, you know, go to the praying wall, the wailing wall, where my calf, you know, put my hands on the wailing wall, ask you guys to send prayer. Quest. You know, it, it will look very spiritual. But, but if you understand how God works, it's actually foolishness. It's, 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 it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that uh, the prayers are quicker. That, you know, like Jerusalem is closer to heaven. So if you can get the prayer points there, then it's quicker. No. The same principles of prayer that God will use in Jerusalem is the same he will use here. And I want to say this to you. You know, sometimes you watch television. I know we all watch television. I can't control what you watch. But if you watch um, a lot of preachers, I don't want to mention some preachers, but you watch some preachers who are collecting offering to build a, uh, to build a temple in Jerusalem, please don't send any money. It's just waste of funds. Because if Jesus had not ascended, then we can begin to pay uh, pay some attention to that garbage, but it actually is that is absolute rubbish. No genuine person who understands what Christ has achieved on the cross will teach that. And can I tell you the simple reason why we teach it? Why even pastors you respect teach it? They don't question anything. They just teach what they have heard and keep passing it on and keep passing it on and keep passing it on. Because by the resurrection and ascension of Jesus, <laughs> we are now the heavenly Jerusalem. Praise God. We are now the true Israel of God. Amen. We are now his temple. He lives in us now. Praise God. Because God knows that some of you will not be able to afford ticket for your life to go to Jerusalem. They will not even give you visa. When they look at you, <laughs> bank account, 10 years. It's 5,555 naira. And that was the money they gave you to open the account 15 years ago. Who will give you visa? So go and do what?
But you understand that everything God does is so the rich and the poor can access him. Praise God. Are you following this? So maybe the preacher goes to Jerusalem and, you know, he suffered a lot for his transport fare. He wants to recover whatever he has spent. He should just come out straight and say, listen, this trip I made to Jerusalem, it costed me a lot. Can you people support me? You know, you, you don't come and start selling things. You, it, it's very, it, it's, it's, it's alarming. And then somebody starts preaching what mustard seed can do to you. Mustard seed can drive demons. It can cure snake bite. It can do, yeah. Listen to me. If you need money, just ask. That's what the Bible says. It says, ask and you'll be given. You don't need to enter all this marketing and deception. And then the one that even gets me more angry is when they now say Jesus Christ is going to come back. And then he's going to stay in Jerusalem. I'm going to teach you on, on, on who the Antichrist is. And it will, it will help us. Because sadly, there's so much confusion in the body of Christ regarding some of these truths that are laid plain in the scriptures. Praise God. Are you still here? I know some of you have Israel flag in your house. And it makes you think you are a very holy person. You are not. The flag is not as different from the flag of Pakistan or Iraq or Saudi Arabia or Niger. Do I have anything against Israel? Absolutely nothing. But anything that brings God's children into bondage, I have a problem with it. Praise the name of the Lord. That's why you find all people say, let's pray for Israel. Let's pray for Israel. And then they don't pray for every other country. That itself is not the fruit of the Spirit. Praise God. Because by Jesus coming... His love for every man is equal. What did, what, did, what did God do with Israel? He used them as an example. That this holy nation, this is how I want to work with them. But those guys, you know, those guys are the most stubborn people that ever worked with God. They never listened to God. They were the same guys that crucified him. The Romans, he said, ah, This is your king. He said, It's not our king. Oh. <laughs> and they, between Jesus and a thief, they chose a thief. Even if you were God, would they still be your holy nation? No, I'm just joking. But the truth of the matter is, we are now God's holy nation, we are now God's royal priesthood. That's what Peter tells us. We are now the chosen generation. Amen. Isn't it amazing how we sing it in our songs, but yet in our mind we just feel that there are some people more chosen than us? No, it's the same blood. Praise the name of the Lord. And that's why for a Jew to become a believer, he has to believe in Christ. Amen. Because I see some of my friends now blowing shofar horns in church and pray, carrying prayer mantles. Gradually, we're beginning to bring those things back again. And that's the struggle we always have in the Christian faith. Always wanting something to touch. Something to feel. Praise God. Are you still here? Alright. Ephesians chapter 4. I hope no. <laughs> Nobody from Israel watches me on TV in this program. Eh? <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 8 to 12. <laughs> Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. So we find out that the ascension of Jesus enabled him to lead captivity captive, to free men. And also to be able to do what? To give gifts unto men. 
So his ascension made him to be able to do what? To free people and to give gifts unto men. You can read it to verse 12. From there, he's able, it was because Jesus ascended that I became a pastor. How did I become a gift to the body of Christ? Because he ascended. It is his ascension that makes me a gift. Because if Jesus was physically here, he would not have been able to live in me to be able to reach out to people. Are, are you following what I'm saying? So his ascension makes it possible for gifts to be released to the body of Christ. All right. Uh, let's go to John 12, 24. John 12, 24. Are you learning something here? Praise God. Am I right? No, 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 no. Let me check. John chapter 12. Okay. Let's see now. Okay. John 12, 24. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces what? Much grain. Who was he talking about? Let's go back. We'll find who he was talking about. Now, let's go to verse 20. John chapter 12 and verse 20. Now, there were certain Greeks among those who came to, to worship at the feast. Then he came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. You know how they want to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew, and in turn, Andrew told Philip. <laughs> and in turn, Andrew and Philip told Jesus. You know, so the guys came to Philip and said, Hey, we want to see Jesus. And Philip told Andrew. And he went to tell Jesus. But Jesus answered and said, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Now, it's interesting how Jesus answered people. The guys come and say, hey, somebody wants to see you. Jesus says, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. <laughs> and then he goes on to say, you know, most of us, we, we actually think that if, we, if Jesus was alive, his church would be full. Right? We just feel that, man, Jesus was a nice guy. Don't mind these pastors. They are not like Jesus. But I mean, imagine coming to see me. And telling me that there's somebody on the office who wants to see me. And then the next thing I say is, the hour has come for me to be glorified. I mean, you always say, every time they tell this pastor something, he's always saying parables, 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 parables. You cannot answer questions straight. You know, every time they ask Jesus something, then he starts talking about parables. I'm sure those guys would have been. Don't ask him. Don't, I'm telling you now, he will start another parable. Say, no, let's just ask him now. Ah, it's people that came all the way to see him. And then they just tell him, somebody wants to see. Say the hour, I said, sure, I told you. <laughs> Most assuredly, I said to you, unless a, a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. What was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying that, listen, I don't want people to be coming to look after me. When I die, I want the fact that when people see you, they have seen me. You are the representative of Jesus. Praise God. You are now the light of the world. I know it's difficult. You don't see yourself like that. But that's who you are. Praise the name of the Lord. Whatever Jesus could do on earth, he has empowered you to do. Praise God. I said, praise God. These are the truths that should get us excited. Amen. These are the truths that should change our spirit, man. It should change the way we see ourselves. It should change. You know, I've been having one 
very funny experience, you know, at home. You know, I, I want to sleep and I see some very funny images. I want to sleep. And, and so many images come to my head. I pray. You know, come to my head. I pray. Come to my head. I mean, so yesterday night, I wanted to sleep. And I felt that image. And I told myself, this one, no, you can stay on this head as long as you want. You are not going to make me to pray. I will pray when I want to pray. You know, because I just realized that if you are not careful, the enemy has a way of always dragging you into some unnecessary fight. You just, ah, let's pray. Oh, let's pray. Oh, I don't, well, no, I'm not praying. No way. This one, I'm sleeping. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Because listen, I'm not going to put my life in the place where it's the enemy that determines when I pray. And you know what the enemy is going to do with that? Those images will never stop. Praise God. Are you following what I'm saying? Before you see, you keep seeing coughing, keep seeing coughing, keep seeing coughing, keep seeing coughing. You pray this one, you destroy this one, you see blue one, you see slim one, you see even coughings that they have not used. Your mind will begin to invent, ah, there's this coughing you saw. I mean, you see to the point where you're almost liking it, that if you see this glass coughing I saw. <laughs> and, 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 and oh, what's the enemy trying to do? He's just trying to put fear into your heart. Praise the name of the Lord. Because I also know something about life that sometimes when you ignore certain things, then the devil walks away. Are you following what I'm saying? Because as far as the enemy keeps getting your attention, he's going to amplify some things in your life. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you, do you get what I'm trying to say? So sometimes when the devil comes knocking, you just tell him, no, I'm the one in charge. You can stay outside and knock as much as you want, but I'm not moving. Praise God. I say praise God. So, when, so Jesus' death makes him to do what? To, to, to be able to multiply himself in every one of us. That's why Christ can live in us. That's why a man can accept the sacrifice of Jesus and becomes born again the next day. Why? Because of his ascension. Lastly, he can only intercede for us in the realm of the spirit. He can only intercede for us in the realm of the spirit. Romans chapter 8 verse 34. Romans 8 34. He can only intercede for us in the realm of the what? Of the spirit. Romans 8 34. We are the ones with the authority. Praise God. He is the one who makes what? Intercession for us at what? At the right hand of God. So you can also, who is he who, con, who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us. You must always realize that every time the Bible talks about the death of, uh, the death of Jesus, he doesn't always stop there. He always talks about what? His resurrection. Every time the Bible talks about death, he always talks about resurrection. Because both things must go together for him to be the Christ. So it was not just his death that was important. It was also what? His resurrection. Praise God. Okay, last scripture. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 25. So you know that by the re Therefore he also is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. Since he always lives, praise God, to make intercession for them. Verse 26. I like this. For, for such an high priest was fitting for us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens. 27. Who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the people. For this he did once and for all when he offered up what? Himself. 28. For the law appoints as a high as 
high priest, men who have weaknesses, but the word of the oath which came after the law appoints the son who has been perfected forever. Amen. There's something about the sacrifice of Jesus that gives us the authority, that empowers us, that makes us now the children of God, the sons of God. We are the ones with the authority. Amen. Without his ascension, we would not have that authority. We're not the holy temple of God. We're now the ones who he rules and governs the earth through. And I want you to do something. Get, get these messages and listen to them over and over again until the consciousness of Christ in you rises above every limitation, rises above every challenge, rises above every sin consciousness. And what you're going to find out is you're going to start working in the righteousness of God. Praise God. Praise God. Let's, let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you. Oh, we thank you for that mighty working spirit in us. We thank you because... You are seated at the right hand of God. And we have that authority to walk, to move in dominion. We're so grateful for your mercies. Blessed be your name forever. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.